listening to ComedySlamRadio.com. From our studios to the world, we bring you the finest in quality entertainment. So pop some popcorn, grab a smooch buddy, and settle in for another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Be Frank show on ComedySlamRadio.com where we bring you national touring and celebrity comedian interviews. Follow us on Twitter at Let's Be Frank Show. And if you miss our live broadcast, you can find us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes at Let's Be Frank's Podcast. And please contact us with any questions or information about advertising and sponsoring at Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank at Yahoo.com. We are back. We have another show of Let's Be Frank, and we have the great Tampa Bay comedian Steve Eric in the studio again. How are you, Steve? I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's good to be here. How are you doing, Frank? You wouldn't say that you're a great Baby Tampa Frank. Bay communi- uh, comedy guy? <laughs> I don't say that. No, I just, I'm just some schlock that shows up when they tell me to. There you go. Give me some money and I'll do say something funny. But you're great. You've been doing it around Tampa for like 175 years now. Close to that. I think 180. There you go. <laughs> So we met up last night, and uh, we, we were going to do a little writing session, and then a girl called me, and I said, fuck this, I'm going to hang out with a blonde. I, and I told you, I said, you're going to be bitterly disappointed, and you'll have more fun talking to us than with talking to her, and what happened? Uh, we had some fun, but I could have hung out with you. <laughs> she didn't let me play with her panties or nothing. You I know. told you. I did get some money she owed me, though. Oh, there you go. That was I went it. over there. I said, bitch, better give me my money. <laughs> but I think we actually have. April Macy on the line, and we're going to go ahead and bring April. I'm sorry, April Macy in. She's very funny. She is She's very, very funny. She's very funny, very beautiful, very dirty. April, how are you? April, are you with us? Yes. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Just getting home. You're just getting home. That's great. We were just letting everybody know, giving you a little intro, telling them how funny, how beautiful, and how dirty you get when you're on stage. Oh, you're very sweet. <laughs> funny and beautiful. I'll take some sweet compliments. You know, you I go. need all the compliments and self-esteem this lady can get. I don't think you really have any self-esteem issues. <laughs> Come on. You got years on stage entertaining <laughs> the masses. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You don't have any self-esteem yet? Come on. I saw you hanging out with Les McCurdy just last month, and you had all the self-esteem on his podcast. You guys had a nice conversation. You took questions from the audience. Uh, oh, he's a sweet fella. He is. Everybody loves Les McCurdy. I know Steve's been at Les McCurdy's club One many of my times. favorite clubs love, love, love McCurdy's Comedy Theater. Everybody That's likes to go to Les's super place. fun time. So what's going on? What's, what have you been up to lately? Uh, not much. Just got back from Target. I don't know if that's uh, exciting, but uh, where was I last weekend? Peoria, Illinois, and then I'm off to uh, Columbia, Missouri this weekend. Oh, she, she's moving up in the world. Most of us have to shop at Walmart. She gets to go to Target. Target, there you go. <laughs> My career, it's on fire. My career is currently uh, just just whirling out of control. <laughs> But that's a good chaos to have. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> I can't wait till I have that problem. Uh, yeah, what's going what's on there? I'm sorry? And what's going on there? Not too much. We are here in beautiful Tampa Bay hanging out. 
uh, with the beautiful April Macy. We do a lot of, you know, I'm, I myself have only been in comedy just over two years, so I'm just stepping up to being a little, maybe past an open micer, maybe. What am I? Am I better than an open micer yet, Steve? Or absolutely not. <laughs> you can say <laughs> flat. You still suck, Dave. You, you have ahead. you have your moments. Uh, two, <laughs> two years, you're a baby. Yeah, I am. A, I'm a big fat baby. baby, but I'm a baby. I'm back to. That's why I <laughs> shaved my head. I thought I can get more points with the ladies if I look like a baby. I put powder on and stuff for the smell. But you usually do a pretty decent uh, podcast with your interviews with. Uh, he, he does a wonderful. I don't know if you've heard the Let's Be Frank show, but he's interviewed some wonderful comedians and. Keeping on target, having April Macy because she's one of the best out there. Oh man, you guys are really time for teacher's pet. I like what's happening. Well, you know, it's funny because although I've 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 learned a lot about comedy and a lot of different comics, uh, I was made aware of you by Steve Eric. He was like, "Dave, you need to listen to April Macy. She's probably one of the best touring." female comedians right no, now. No, 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 no. Oh, I did not comedian. say she's one of the best female comedians. Said I say comedian. she is one of my favorite comics on the road, period. I don't I add apologize. female. There's nothing. Oh. She's one of the best comics on the road. I apologize. Lady comics. <laughs> Either way, it's a good compliment, but you are a very funny comedian, uh, obviously. Funnier than Steve. Well, that's not difficult. But... <laughs> Too better. Too better than Steve. Now, you have to deal with all that, the, you know, the whole women in comedy. How? What's your take on that? Do you, do you embrace that? Is it something you've struggled with? You know, how do you deal with the being? Um, I know. I feel like it has it. You know, like anything else, it has its advantages. It's like. I think you're cutting in and out on us a little bit there. Did we lose her, Gwiggy? We lost her. Oh, my God. We lost April. <laughs> Somebody beat Gwiggy's ass. It's not the first time a beautiful Gwiggy. woman. It's not the first time a beautiful woman just hung up on you, David. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I hear a ring. Does the whole world hear a ring, or is that just a ringing in my head? Ooh. Did we lose you, April? Do we have you back? Yes. Hey, what happened? Uh, did, you, did you hang uh, up on I me? Are you using like a metro phone? <laughs> or, is, or is it our uh, station? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. Hey, Gwiggy, you got something in there you can do to fix that? Or we're doing a little delay? That's just it? You hearing me okay now, April? Wow. I'm here. We're just listening for you, April. This is fine. Is it, is it her cell phone or is it uh, I don't know. the signal here? Fine quality programming. Everybody, are we all entertained? Are you not entertained by the gaps in telephone calls? Nobody has landlines anymore, so you can't do <laughs> Call me back on a landline. Yeah. I don't have one. <laughs> you see, I, well, it's been fun talking to her on an in-and-out basis. It has been great. I, I hope we will have her on the phone again in a matter of moments. Maybe I could just text her questions and she can text back the responses. <laughs> that would be better. 
That's what happens in the Sunshine State. Is that better? Uh, you tell me. Can you hear us better? We were just joking about how we should just I have can... you. Go ahead. Yeah, I I can hear you guys. All right, great. Would you switch to a landline or we got the? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's uh, it's still my it's still my phone. I, I we don't have a landline here. It's just I live in Melbourne. For some reason, the reception is occasionally very odd. That's all right. We Even just we just we just picked on everything while you were gone. We talked about how great the show was for six and seven seconds at a time. <laughs> so we got your phone back so i yeah. i know you you probably get asked similar questions when you do a lot of interviews but and, I, and i've listened to a lot of your interviews and some of your shows but really what i always like to ask everybody what made them decide to get on the stage for the first time like you know what was what was it like to say uh, okay i'm gonna get up and see if i make a fool out of myself see if i'm funny you know what got you to say i think no, this could I be for me really- I went through a really bad breakup. Uh, I had a sweet restraining order for slapping a fellow I was dating on the toilet. And then uh, I really had nowhere else to go with my life. So I decided to redirect some energy and give stand-up a try. All right. And <laughs> When you slap someone on the toilet and get a restraining order, what what's the next step? But, hey, I need to get on stage and talk about this. Right. Well, there's actually uh, it was, there is a funny story behind why she slapped couch. him. What else do I have to do? <laughs> right. Tell everybody the reason why you slapped this guy, because I've heard the story. I think it's great. Oh, I, I came home, and I found out he was renting out our home as a location shoot, uh, a loca- like like a location for porn shoots, and there was just some people doing it on our piano. And so I hauled it. Like, you know, the anger was mounting and building throughout the day, and then he went in to take a sweet dump, and then I just couldn't hold back anymore. So he got, he got a sweet slap on the toilet. I might have slapped him while he was dumping, mid-dump, and then and then I was I was served with a restraining order. <laughs> that's Apparently just wicked. That's emasculating for a fellow. <laughs> when can I get him when he's, I could wait till he's asleep or wait till he's sitting on the toilet. Just wait till he's totally vulnerable. And he was. That's got to be hard. I've learned that uh, a man a man will not beat you with a dingleberry on his ass. This is what I've learned <laughs> in my life. He come chasing you with his hat, with his pants down to his yeah, ankles. Yeah, yeah, he can't. He can't. He's he's got a wipe first. You always have getaway time. <laughs> yeah, and especially when they're sitting. Unlike the ladies who can cut it off and go. You know, guys. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for a man. Man, no. man, man. Honey is a very dirty, dirty place that needs much maintenance. <laughs> the the whole man area is ugly and to be. Redesigned by God, I think. Oh, it's, it's it's heinous. I don't know what happened to you, fellas. I feel sad for you. The man has wet wipes on the back of the toilet. That is, that is a man has to be very afraid of. Bad, bad things happen. Bad things. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm screwed. No. <laughs> uh, I don't really have wipes. I just have a wipe on a stick. Get around my fatness. Get around there and get a good wipe in. <laughs> So, at, uh, how long after that incident did you start doing comedy? Was that some, it, was it something that you had been thinking about doing prior to that, or, or was it just? A, uh, I was going to give it a try, but I was sleeping. Like I moved out. It was like a shop, so you drop when you come. They come home with a restraining order. 
uh, I thought we were going rollerblading. He called me. He was like, hey, are you home? And I, and I was like, yeah, you're going to rollerblading? It was like a few days later, so I thought we had made up from the slapping incident. Apparently not. <laughs> he just he wanted to find out your location for the investigators. I thought we were going rollerblading. <laughs> so um, I threw my stuff in my sweet Toyota Echo at the time, and uh, I, skate, I rollerbladed right out of his life and onto my friend's couch, and then I gave myself like a few months to work on a few minutes, and redirect some energy. It's funny, that friend, um, he has a show in the Arrow on the Sea this year. So, a show called Arrow. So, he turned out to be pretty successful. A friend who, whose couch I slept on for three months. Well, hopefully some of that couch success will rub off and continue to rub off onto you because you're doing great all on your uh-huh. own. I think her success rubbed oh, off on him. I- there you go. I have I've yet to create a show. I've yet to create. I need that syndication dollars rolling in. <laughs> now, is that something that you've? That is that something you've toyed with, April? Is uh, developing a show around your character or d- developing a show on your own? Yeah, um, yeah. I've just come around me and my wacky family, kind of like the Wonder Years. Only, uh, only me as an adult. And, and sort of narrating the damaging aspects of my childhood. <laughs> I've seen some pictures of your childhood. It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty out there. Oh yeah, the sweet trailer. My <laughs> this is my first birthday party trailer photo. It's delightful. I've seen I've seen your first birthday photo of sitting with the uh, birthday cake on the cinder block, and then and I've seen the picture of the family in the pool while you're p- mixing drinks. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the random. Uh, I've been doing a lot of coke, mostly when I was seven. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So I was actually I was watching. Um, you did an interview. What was it with Tom and Bob? And then you went and did some Pilates with them. That was a great oh, little yeah, set yeah, you yeah, guys that, had. That was a, that was a few months ago, I think. Yeah, I think it was three months ago, according to what it showed on. You know, I was watching a lot of your YouTube stuff over the last week just to, you know, make sure I knew enough about you. Yeah, to brush up. Absolutely. He's entering into stalker mode. Yes. I can't just come on and say she's beautiful. (laughs) Talk to me. I couldn't just do that. Uh I'd like it, but that wouldn't be very entertaining for anybody but me. Well, I appreciate you looking some stuff up. I feel very flattered. Well, I normally do do pretty good with the people that we interview. I try to look them up. We've had some celebrities and really great touring comedians. Oh, yeah, you did a great job doing... Uh... <laughs> Don't talk about how I fucked up. I asked Martin Short a stupid question. I'm never going to live that down, April. He he started doing show prep after he did an interview with Martin Short and asked Martin Short if he'd ever tried to do improv. <laughs> after we talked about improv for like 30 minutes. Ever since then, he's done a lot of show oh, prep man. on his guests. <laughs> Yes, Fat what Davey is sure fucked I have up. To say. He, he just rolled. He's very professional. He did not make me look as stupid as I felt. He kind of dealt with uh, Fat Davey the way he good. dealt with uh, Kathy Lee Gifford when she asked him about his wife. Yes, I did better than Kathy Lee. I knew his wife was no longer with us. I feel that I, I'm glad I didn't oh. ask that stupid of a question. Oh, but, wow. <laughs> but he, I mean, other than that, I've done pretty good. I mean, I've had Jackie Mason, Bobby Slayton, Bobby Collins, a lot of great people, Tom Driesen, April Mason. April Mason. Yeah, uh, I, feel you're, I feel you're doing an excellent job. Thank you. In, in between the silence of the phones going in and out and the thunderstorms. 
And according to Steve, I had to make sure I didn't bring balls up once. So I've been pretty doing pretty good so far. <laughs> I didn't oh, say don't bring up balls. I said don't be the creepy guy. Same thing on the planet. <laughs> they are disgusting. They're oh, they're horrifying. This creature. Does it matter if they're in your pants? Does it matter if they're bald or if they're trimmed or it just doesn't matter? They're always disgusting. Um, they're just mangled. They're just all <laughs> mangled and mushed, and like there's nothing appealing about them. They're like oversized prunes. Oh, just. Upside, there's like no symmetry to make them attractive. That is great. Now, the Bob and Tom, you did the Bob and Tom tour for a while. Is that is that something that's ongoing, or is that? Uh... Um, that no, that was all. That was last. Uh, when was that? Last September through January, I was doing every weekend. We did. Two weeks on a cross-country tour bus, which was awesome. Uh, I felt like a rock star, fans, the groupies, and, and STDs. It was pretty <laughs> awesome. And then uh, we did every weekend just, like, really cool theaters. And it was, you know, we got to do each 20 minutes. And then there's, there's ham in the green room, which was awesome. Now, don't you have your current Showtime special with Snoop Dogg going on right now? Yeah, I, it's, it's, I think it's still airing it because i keep getting emails that people have seen it so i think they're they're still they keep running it so that's that's been on showtime i think since april yeah so um they've been running it for a few months now and you can recognize me i was the white one there you <laughs> go you, here's what's crazy she she's rolling fat on showtime and yet she's still saying she doesn't have all the confidence in the world mm-hmm. i call bull crap i'm I don't know at what level you get to be really happy and satisfied. I don't know if that's ever. (laughs) Well, you're a woman, and no woman is ever totally satisfied. But, I mean, (laughs) at least none that you date. It's very sad. Oh, yeah, none that I ever date. (laughs) They might laugh a lot. Hey, man. Why are we picking on me? This is my world. I'm not picking it. (laughs) This is my world. We're in Dave's world. Let's talk to April. Why are you beating me up? Steve's being mean to me, April. Would you be mean to Steve, please? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know that. Well, I don't know mom enough to be mean to him. I have enough <laughs> people in my in my life that uh, I know pretty well that I can really that I can really shit on. Those are. <laughs> I don't know if he would enjoy it, but I would. <laughs> so now, you, uh, what what would you consider like your launching and national success? What what your like the first television thing, or the what would be the thing that you'd consider like this is where. I've made it. Um, I still don't feel like I've made it, so I, I'll let you know when that happens. But I think, <laughs> like, my the first thing that I got that was a real, like, indication that I was on the right track and not um, making a fool of myself, I got the Montreal Comedy Festival. I did Just for Laughs. I was a new face. I think I did it about two, two and a half years into my career. I got that pretty early, and then I did... Last Comic Standing, I think I got after like three and a half years, and then I've been making a living as a headliner ever since. Yeah, last, you were real early on in your career when you uh, landed Last Comic Standing. I mean, that was incredible, that your growth rate. Yeah, I think I cried in all my interviews. <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes great reality TV if you just start weeping. And your comedy was a lot different then, too, or because you had to be so much cleaner. So, were you a cleaner comic? Oh, at yeah. The, were you cleaner then, or did you have to clean um, no, it up I, for the show? 
I I had to scrape together the seven clean minutes that I had, and uh, I didn't have much material then. I probably only had 30 minutes in total, and uh, I just pulled what I could and made some adjustments to, like, different word choices to, you know, make it seem like it was cleaner than it was, and uh, and I stunk, so that helped. Uh, early on, you know, you never that good a few years in. You, I just, I just had more confidence then. I didn't realize that I was kind of delusional. <laughs> so now, when that launches you that early on, where all of a sudden you're being booked as a headliner because of the strength of your national television appearance, and you're that new, how is that? Is that awkward to have to go on stage for forty-five minutes to an hour that early on? Yeah, because if you're not doing well, you know, what I think what audiences don't realize is if the laughter isn't there where you're used to either getting like sustained laughter and applause break, you're burning through material faster than you normally would. And then those nerves kick in. So then your pacing becomes faster and the, the laughter decrease and then you burn through. Like say I only had 30, 35 minutes. If you burn through that in 20 and you have another 20, 25, 25 minutes to fill and you're kind of out, you just have to... I mean, it teaches you, it, you you get much better faster because you have to learn how to stretch and you have to learn, I think, uh, how Got to it. get good. Got it. I think I had to learn how to get good before I was good. So, Well, you've definitely made the step to where you're seriously good now. I would agree Aww, with that. thanks. Yeah, I love it. Nothing I like better than making strangers laugh. Was there an epiphany as far as your stage show where you said, okay, I get it now? Where an aha moment where you say, "All right, I'm comfortable with this. I know what I'm doing." Um, I don't think there's. I do remember I was driving home uh, from the comedy store, and I must have only been like a year and a half or two years in. And I remember feeling like a sense of purpose that I had never felt before, where it clicked that that's what I was supposed to be doing with my life. I I, I don't think it ever fully registered. Like, oh, I'm really great now because I wasn't. But, you know, there was a moment where you go, oh, okay, this is, uh, I now feel like I have a calling in life. And then every other job that I had to, like, support myself, it was just became a means to an end for this career. And, like, as far as just figuring out that, like, I think it's just confidence on stage. Like, now I know I can consistently get solid laughs. And if I'm not if I'm not doing well with an audience now, now I go, oh, it, it's the audience. No, I've said this. 500 other times and these people were on board this group of people is just like a bag of douches right here <laughs> so now i just i trust that i'm i trust that i'm funny but i just don't i i don't feel like i'm there yet like i, I watch people you know that i look up to and admire and i'm like oh I've, I, i'm not saying near enough you know i'm not making enough statements in my life i'm not doing enough with my acts um, I watch people like Louis C.K. where they're just so conversational. Like, there's still different elements I think you want to incorporate. Somebody told me, like, years ago when I first started, like, it takes 10 years to, you know, start to find your voice. And I, back then, I was way more confident, so I didn't believe them. I was like, whatever, not me. And then now I'm hitting 10 years, and I go, oh, yeah, okay, I'm just starting to find my voice. Like, it's just starting to click. Well, I I don't know if it's the because you're a beautiful woman or I mean it's easy to be dismissive and say oh she's a but you really do say a lot I mean you talked about you feel like you should make more statements your act is sure is raunchy and so, but 
you make some pretty strong social statements and it's not just surface, you know, sex jokes. I mean, you're making valid points. Very yeah, strong, I valid. Like believe that, like I like to believe that my act is a social commentary on female sexuality and shame, and 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 the issues that women are constantly, you know, the fact that you can show murder on television, but yet somehow female masturbation is just considered so taboo. And it's like, when did, as a society, when did we deem murder acceptable, but masturbation? There should be this element of shame. And when you're ashamed, it directly impacts your self-esteem as a woman. And I don't know any women with great self-esteem, but. Okay. I don't know. I just don't feel like I'm saying, I feel like a lot of times if you do talk about sex, people aren't paying attention to what sort of in between to, to the message. Like I think somehow that gets lost and then people can sort of diminish and just say, Oh, it's a pile of dick jokes, which I don't think it is. I don't think so either. I see the message. Definitely. What? I see the message. That's why I'm saying it's, it's easy to dismiss, but I mean, you really do make strong social statements. Now, what what about the whole feminism thing, though? Because you are a strong, independent woman who makes, like you said, you're you're making great social statements about empowering women, but then you still play up the whole sexuality and the, you know, the hot factor. Do you have issues with that, like the feminazis <laughs> looking down on you, or <laughs> the feminazis? Well, you know, it's it's funny, like uh, it, it, because the idea of a feminist, it's like you know, people. The word feminist has become like this ugly word where if you claim to be a feminist, people just assume that you're some sort of feminazi who doesn't shave their legs and you have a giant hairy snatch. And <laughs> and, uh, and and it's like, it's just sort of, I don't know, it's, it's, it's about being equal. It's like when women own less than 2% of the land in the entire world and, and women are still, I go to, you know, I perform for the church in a lot of these countries where women are second-class citizens, and women can't vote, and it's like the corporate dollar is more, it has more value than a woman. It's like there's an Applebee's in Saudi Arabia. I'm like, why are we giving them our Applebee's when these women can't drive to it? It's, right. Um, I don't, I, I, you know, as far as the pictures go, it's like, you know, they show women being objectified all the time on television. Uh, you can use women's tits to sell fiber, and it's like the God forbid if you're a woman and you reclaim and you claim your own sexuality, then somehow you're branded either a whore or, you know, I get so much slack from people for those pictures. And it's like, well, I grew up with a mom who was crawling around my living room taking pictures, and the only thing she did with me was take Don Benet-esque photos my whole childhood. So it's something that makes me feel attractive to take a picture of myself in a bathing suit. It's nothing that I wouldn't wear on the beach. And I think women, you know, it's like the Dove campaign. It's like if you're overweight and you're, you know, close to type 2 diabetes, well, then that then you're a hero for taking a picture in your underwear. But if you take a picture in your underwear and you've actually, you know, you've taken the time to uh, eat some fruits and vegetables in your life, then you're like, well, look at that. She must be dumb. Look at that whore. It's like, why is the Dove campaign? Why are those women heroes? And why do I have to be branded a whore? Right. Uh, I wish I could be a hero for taking pictures in my underwear. I'd like to be the Betty Friedan of my generation. (laughs) (laughs) Betty Friedan who takes pictures in her underwear. That's what I'd like. There you go. Why not? I think a lot of people yeah, would be sure. really behind that. Absolutely. Although I'm sure they, a lot of people at the, the station would complain or the station would get complaints if I were posing in pictures in my underwear. would not go over Nobody well. Nobody wants to see Aww. that. Fat Davey Aww. showing his freaky side would not go over well. 
There's a reason I have a face for radio. It's funny because it's like I have gotten slack for that, and I feel like I've seen every woman in Hollywood. There's not one woman who you can't Google who's on television who doesn't have some sort of, you know, some sort of sexy picture. It's like it's, it shouldn't be a new idea that sex sells in America. <laughs> and I, I agree with you that for you to utilize that, that that's... I don't think that's diminishing. I don't think that objectifies you. I think that empowers you. That you know, you're the one that holds all the power. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I've always felt. But to try to convince others of that, it's uh, it, it, it's definitely an uphill battle. Like I don't think I've taken the easy path by by necessarily doing that, especially in the industry. So, well, when you're amongst other comics, do you hear? Or get a little bit more flack from the lady, from other lady comics about your style of comedy, or are they offended by it? Or, um, I, you know, I've heard it diminished, and I, but I feel like people have a tendency to do that with a lot of female comics. It's like, you know, people just want to take. I don't know. It's that a Chris. It's that Chris Rock bit. Like nobody hates the Clippers. It's like if you're. If you're successful in any business, I think people are always going to have a tendency to go after those people. People aren't people aren't attacking the people that aren't aren't making it. I guess. Well, like Whitney Cummings, people are constantly cutting her down. Oh, she's not funny. She's not. There. She's got two great television shows, and she's doing real well for herself. You know, Definitely. everybody everybody wants to be a hater. Yeah. And you know what's funny? It's like with her or with like people that hate Jane Cook. It's like Jane Cook brought comedy to millions of teenagers who are going to grow up loving the art form. It's like, and then they're, whether their tastes stay the same or whether they change, it's like that you just brought them into your world, which allows them to then like you. So it's like, if he's bringing comedy to a new generation to grow up loving stand-up comedy, maybe, maybe take a lesson from his, his, you know, his playbook, which is to work harder than everybody else. He's better at marketing and social media and business, and he's a great entertainer. But people still feel the need to cut him down. I was very strange. You don't have to like his comedy, you but can't. you do have to respect his ability as a you know as a comedian to promote himself and everything. I mean, he's been not does he started in comedy and wound up in movies, and you know you got to respect somebody that puts in that kind of effort. And I think he's a really great entertainer. Like, uh, to watch him commit to a joke and to do a stand, I'm like, yeah, that's, he's fun to watch. Definitely. For me, yeah, I like, I prefer, I always prefer a performer. That's, I feel like for my entertainment dollar, I'm going to need you to shucky ducky a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Dance around the stage, shake your groove thing. Yeah. Now, as, as far as. More. As far as people that you looked up to, female comics or that, I think you're kind of a pioneer. There, there's the whole thing like Eddie Brill getting fired for the Letterman for making the statement that women comics tried to be men. I think that's a real old-fashioned view because I don't see the women comics out there trying to act like men anymore. I think women comics of late have kind of embraced their feminine side, and I think you're kind of pioneered that. I honestly don't understand what that means. That even that statement I find very confusing. It's like first of all it's a masculine art form. When you're the one person in the room standing facing the opposite direction, telling people what your ideas are, what you think is funny, it's just it just happens to be more aggressive. It's it's an aggressive art form. You know, you're you're on stage, you're fighting every night to get laughs and it's like, yeah, it's so 
of course you're you're going to have more masculine energy. Well, women that are probably a little more alpha types than uh, I don't even understand that state. I I mean I don't know what is he is he mean? What does he mean? Do I have a cod? Do I have a cod piece in my pantsuit? Like I don't <laughs> understand what he's saying with that statement. See, but I th- I think you just kind of summed it up as far as it. it people associate it masculine, but your term, it's not masculine, it's aggressive, and there can be aggressive females. I find them very attractive. I like aggressive Yeah, females. I love aggressive females. I don't... I don't aggressive, it's, the, the, the qualities that go with stand-up, it's like aggressive, confident, you know, outspoken, brash, like those tend to be more, more masculine qualities, and it's like, so I think any woman who stands on stage and, and proceeds to tell people what her ideas are and, and is very opinionated in them is, is instantly going to per- be perceived as not the most feminine, delicate flower. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not delicate so. flower, but I don't think anyone would question uh, you being feminine. I agree with that. But no, I, I can yes, definitely I see both I, sides. I, I, yeah, I'm feminine. I like making a pot pie from time to time, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I like doing lady stuff. <laughs> So when it comes to uh, big into craft, <laughs> who were some of your comedy heroes growing up? I mean, everybody, whether male or female, um, who were some of the people that you? Tried I to look love to? the blacks. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't ask about your sex life. He asked. <laughs> I do. I do. I like them. I like uh, Eddie Murphy. I like uh, Richard Pryor. I like Chris Rock. I like Wanda Sykes. I like Dave Chappelle. Um, I think, you know, growing up, you know, Eddie Murphy, Delirious was one of the first comedy, you know, I think it's one of the best comedy specials ever with Eddie Murphy, Delirious. I think he's an amazing performer and, and joke writer. I think there's character characterization. Like, I think there's a lot of comics that just boil comedy down to one element, which is like, oh, it's about joke writing. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, Carol Burnett's one of my favorite quotes. She was like, back in our day, we didn't have jokes. We had faces. It's like they could actually sell something, and their their souls were funny. Like, I think those are the comics that I really respond to. It's like, you can take a well-crafted joke, but if you don't know how to deliver it, you know, and if there's nothing else behind it, I'm looking around the room as a comic to see when the light's coming on, to see when you're getting off stage. Your performance, uh, to talk about the, you know, the physical aspects of it, I, I, I watched you and I was just amazed how you were just so fearless with some of your facial expressions and you're not afraid to look goofy or to kind of look awkward or weird or make... You know, I mean, you really sell your material where a lot of people like, oh, I can't make a face and people think I look stupid. I mean, you, you're out there well, and you sell it. Comedy is unattractive. Like, I, and I also think like you get on stage as a woman and if you are attractive in some way, you have to counter that and you have to put yourself on what you kind of forget for, for an hour that you are an attractive woman. If you're willing to make yourself physically grotesque, which I think a lot of times when I'm watching tapes, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so hideous. I can't believe, I can't believe anybody ever sleeps with me. Uh, but uh, I think that's just a sort of counter. Like, I think I started being more physical and more unattractive to take people out of there's an attractive girl on stage. It's kind of like and a And I just like doing it. Oh, you're wonderful at it. Now, do you find that as far as like the female, the females in the audience where you have to you know, win them over so that they're not looking at it. Is there any of that catty thing between you and uh, audience members? Uh, 
I don't think I ever felt that. Like, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm a girl's girl. Like, I, I love my girlfriends. I'm not one of those women that's like, I just don't have female friends. Like, I love my girlfriends. And, uh, like, I'm, I'm not trying to take anybody's boyfriend. And, and I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm attempting to champion and, you know, women and speak for women and, and, and give women, you know, a voice. Well, I don't feel like I get that. I feel like I get a lot more hugs from women after shows. Oh, I agree. I agree. I just Especially see, since you spend so much time bashing us men. <laughs> I'm sure they enjoy uh, that. No, I love you guys. I love you. I feel like we're equally foolish. Like, I just think we're dumb in different areas. I bought a car purely based on smell. I'm very aware that that's just riddled with stupid. Right. <laughs> very aware uh, of what kind of car did you buy based on smell? Was that the Toyota? Um, I I got a I went out and I got myself and I got a Cadillac SRX and I was like, mmm, smells like leather. I'll take it. Yep, thirty percent <laughs> interest. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you're still driving that car. Oh, oh. oh yeah, I, I I am still driving. I just got it. Real dummy. You know, I'm dumb. I'm just we're just dumb in different areas. I think we're we're just equally stupid. <laughs> I, I would definitely agree with that. I'm still trying to embrace some of my inner silliness when I'm on stage. I haven't touched into it yet. I got to deep down and dig through some fat to get to it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you just have to not be afraid. I guess it's getting to that point where you just don't care anymore. I'm not fully there because I still care. I want the audience to like me. I want them to laugh. Like, I look at at some people, and uh, I think to get to the good stuff, you have to be way more vulnerable. Like now I'm attempting to talk about my ridiculous family more on stage. It's taken me 10 years to do that. So, Yeah, I would think family is definitely a delicate situation because when you put family out there, you risk family relationships, <laughs> whether it's well, funny yeah, or it's not. Yeah. <laughs> My mom, it kind of bothers my mom, I think, but my dad thinks that he loves being made fun of. He thinks it's hilarious. My extended family is just so absolutely ridiculous. I don't really care what they think. If I remember from something else I watched, you you are not the only female entertainer in your family. You have a whole bunch of talented people in the family, huh? Oh yeah, my uh, my brother started doing com- stand up about two and a half years ago. He's starting to make some starting to make some progress, and uh, he's only twenty one, and so he's a really talented writer. And then I have three cousins who are all child actresses. Um, my aunt had all three girls on network series at the same time. The youngest uh, daughter. Um, she was on ER. She played Anthony Edwards' daughter. She was Stone Young and the Restless, had a two-year contract. Um, the middle one was in Willie's Gold with Peter Fonda. Um, she just shot a movie. And then um, the oldest was on The Nanny. She played the youngest daughter on The Nanny for six years, and she was on Californication for two years. And they're all doing really well. That is great. So, well, yeah, you know your family's damaged when uh, when a lot of people come out and, and go into entertainment. It's a real damaged family. So I guess that means I'm the only damaged person in my family. <laughs> everybody else, oh, everybody, everybody yeah, else is everybody, doing good. Yeah, like healthy people become doctors. I think yeah. that's what happens. There you go. I'm the only un, I'm the only one who didn't finish college or anything, and I have my internet radio show. I'm the I'm the famous one. I'm the <laughs> I'm the legend in my own uh-huh. mind. 
Oh yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm sure, and I'm sure, I'm sure I'm dealing with uh, with a few other family members. <laughs> so, what are uh, I know you've been on the road now for a while. So, what are some of like your favorite road experiences be, or have you had any nightmares? I know a lot of people hate those comedy um, condos. Oh, every every weekend's a new surprise of what kind of nightmare you're going to encounter. I worked um, a club in Odessa, Texas. And I, they would pay me like, it was when I first started headlining, and they would pay me like three or four times what I was used to making, and they would pay me in this giant wad of cash. And then I never understood, like, you pulled up to this Wild West comedy club that was literally like a, a giant glorified shed in the middle of this dirt parking lot in the middle of Odessa, Texas, and there would be like 12 Mexican dudes in dirty t-shirts who just got off like an oil rig working. And I would calculate, like, ticket price and, like, what they could have spent on booze. And I didn't, never understood how these people were paying me. And it turns out it was a front for a crystal meth ring. The guy is now <laughs> serving two consecutive life sentences for wow. laundering money and uh, running a meth ring. Nice. So that's, that's safe for a lady. Well, <laughs> I think the comedy boom in the 80s was uh, cocaine money laundering, so. <laughs> oh really yeah now it's now it's sweet meth money which is where i was like oh man that was no place for a lady but i actually enjoyed working the meth shed because i needed the cash <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite city and, that... uh, go ahead what were you gonna say do i have a favorite what i was gonna say do you have a favorite city that you like to perform in a favorite audience um yeah, I actually really do like Tampa. I like Les's club because I feel like Les actually really cares about comedy, which is is refreshing for a club owner. I like um, I work a lot in the Midwest just because of Bob and Tom. Um, people are really warm and friendly. I like Dallas a lot. Um, I think the Laugh Factory in LA is one of the most fun clubs in the entire country to play when it's packed. There's nothing better. Um, New York's great. I don't know. I just like I just like performing. If an audience is there and they're attentive and they're they're there to laugh and and not be you know douchebags, then. <laughs> so you were just down here in Tampa last month, uh, well actually that was down in Sarasota, and I know you've done side splitters and when when do you think you're going to be coming to Tampa again? We'll have to have you stop by the studio and hang out for a little bit. She just hung up on you on that. Did you hang up on her? <laughs> <laughs> I invited her to the studio. <laughs> Click. Dave's not getting that. Nolan, what are we doing? Do we? I think we lost her on the air. We got to get them people to adjust the towers on the cell phones out there. And wh- where did she say she was in L.A.? She said a town in L.A. I didn't hear it. I, I don't remember which one it is. But those, we got to go out there. Check in, check in. <laughs> she's not even going to answer this time. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, screw these guys. <laughs> I think it's her phone, though. So she's... <laughs> Well, she said she didn't have very good reception. So it is what it is. I'm sure we'll get her back. So while we're waiting to get her back, I know in next month, me and you were doing a show together at Kickin' Wings. Up in uh, Hudson, Florida. You were headlining. I am probably going to be doing a guest spot along with uh, John J. Murray. And Gwiggy, Gwiggy, John J. Murray, and you. Yeah. Gwiggy, the guy who keeps getting this phone call dropped. 
we might not he might not make it to the show i may kill him before that hopefully he'll do better on stage than he'll do as an engineer tonight there you go boogie the engineer is a little bit queer tonight i might have to beat him with jt's hat <laughs> so the writing session i started saying that before the writing session i went and didn't get no ass I left. I should have stayed and worked on some jokes. Maybe I would have been funnier. <laughs> I told you. I said you're in for a huge disappointment. And we are back live with April Macy. How are you? <laughs> I am excellent. I, I was rambling on and on like a real Tartsky there for a second. Did you actually hear the question I asked, or were you just off on something else? I don't even know. He was inviting you to come in in no, person I was next time. Rambling. I was rambling on and on about cities for quite some time. <laughs> no, he, we heard most of that, and then he, he asked. A lot of st- then I had then he, he invited you to come into the studio next time you were in the Tampa area, and you, I we thought like, for sure you just hung up on him at that point. <laughs> That's when we thought we lost you. <laughs> and that's it. See you later, fellas. Yeah, <laughs> that bastard inviting me, and this is all a plot to get, into, get me to come to the studio. Uh, yeah, I'd be happy. I'm there in November on that side splitters in November. All right. We will have to get that up. The show is obviously always on Mondays, but if you're going to be in town that long or if not, we'll have to figure out a way to get a special show pre-taped or something, but we would definitely have love to have you come on in and hang out. Yeah, I would love, I would love to. Awesome. See that Steve? She didn't hang up on me. (laughs) I, I feel emotionally better. Uh, <laughs> That's the first female that didn't hang up on you. Oh man. Yo, Matt Davies kind of smooth with the ladies. As long as I get to pick them up online first, if I could get them online through the internet, I, like I could target the ones that are 35 and over and haven't been married or had kids yet, Fat Davies starts to look more attractive yeah. the older and <laughs> the older they get and don't have kids. They're like, well, this guy's got a job. He could laugh. Makes me laugh sometimes. <laughs> I could put them on a diet, maybe. And th- this is a perfect example, though. Being a female out on the road, you've got to deal with a lot of male comics, you know, with their smooth moves. And how is it? How is it working the road, dealing with all of that aspect of it? Well, I now have a comic boyfriend, so I don't feel like uh, I feel like I got hit on early, and then once you're like not new anymore, they move on to like the new female comics who are, who are still young and, and naive. And, uh, <laughs> once, I don't, I'm all old and weathered in this business. Old and weathered. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of a cliche as old, you know, if, if you're a female comic, don't date comics, don't date comics. And I saw, uh, I saw Ralphie May do a seminar, and that was his advice. He's married to a comic, so who, but he's out. Oh, don't ever date a comic. He's married to one. Uh, you've never followed yeah, that. Hilarious. No, <laughs> um, I dated a few early on, and then I tapped out because I had some real bad experiences, and I said the same thing. And then I actually met a nice one on the on the Bob and Tom tour. So, uh, and we've been together for like nine months now. Right. And the, and the person we interviewed uh, last week is also married to a comic. Uh, we had Dale Jones. And he is married to your friend, oh, Jody yeah. White. Yeah. Steve? Yeah. Jody and Dale. Oh, yeah. How is Jody White? And she's doing real well. She married Dale Jones. Yeah. Um, actually, they got married at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. It was the funniest wedding I've ever seen in my life. It was it was hysterical. I mean, from the moment he walked out in his suit and bullwinkle ears to the <laughs> to when they uh, walked off, it, it was just a wonderful, wonderful ceremony. Oh, no. 
Oh, yeah, you... I uh, I think if I ever get married, I definitely do not want bowwinkle ears, but that's just <laughs> my personal love. Well, this... I actually, I'm not going to try to find the comedy in my love. <laughs> this was Jody's fourth marriage, so I don't think she was willing to deal with anything. She wore a black dress with a Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I just want the dress, really. I don't really go. care about the dress and the prizes. Well, it's a little too early on, so you have a boyfriend. I can't ask you to marry me, but I could afford a nice dress. Uh, yeah, just uh, maybe in a, maybe ask me in a year. Maybe maybe I'll be up for it. So, <laughs> hold on, let me write this down. The date. <laughs> now, dating, having a serious relationship with another comic. What kind of uh, that's got to add some interesting elements as far as. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's got to be a respect for what you, you know, he's got to respect you as a comic and you've got to respect him. Um, and you're both always going in opposite directions, I would think, unless you're still touring together. You know, you're you got to not be. Unfortunately, uh, that's not what was nice. Yeah, about the, the Bob and Tom shows, you know, we actually got to spend some time together. But I think it is there's just something nice about somebody that completely just understands uh, your life. Like trying, to, I've dated other dudes which where you try to explain that you're going away again for three or four, you know, weeks or you're going to be on some military base. They don't, they don't quite get it. And I don't think a lot of uh, normal dudes can fully compartmentalize it. Like who you are on stage isn't necessarily who you are off stage. And uh, probably a little, I don't know, oh, probably a little yeah. jealous too when you're gone. A guy who's not a comic, you know, being yeah, a beautiful oh, woman, they're going to be I think that I was, jealousy. I, what, yeah, I think a lot of men tend to project what they would do on the road. Like, I would be getting so much puss. But you're like, oh, no, no, no. That's not what it is for a lady. Right. It's just sort of me alone and a la quinta, you know, uh, watching midget programming. That's like the bulk <laughs> of my evening. I am not the only person with a midget fantasy. This is great. <laughs> I like that. I like you even. Yeah, I watch a lot of home and gardening television. That's like my experience on the road. It's a <laughs> lot of design on a dime. <laughs> nice. Do you, do you have any gardening tips yeah. for anybody? Any favorite gardening tips? No, but I, I do. Uh, I did put in some lovely window, uh, little window box things uh, with some. I just buy succulents because you never you can't kill them. You don't like to water them like once every ten days. That's my gardening tip. I have I had a beautiful porch once. It was all tiki'd out, and one winter down here in Florida, I'm like, I'm in Florida. I'm not gonna take nothing in. I just moved here. I'm like, I'm from fucking New York. It rains and snows in the winter there. Down here, I'm like, these plants could fend for themselves. If they die, fuck them. And sure enough, they died, and my beautiful yeah, porch yeah, went they to crap. Yeah. Oh, just, really? Yeah. Well, you know. Succulents are the way to go. Definitely. You got to learn the succulents are are the plants. Those those are the money plants right there. Yeah. I I got a cactus. I killed the cactus. That is bad. I killed the cactus. Uh, you have no. We have, oh man. Well, April, we are down to the last. Yeah, I. Uh, we're down to the last five, I'm six sorry? minutes. We're down to the last five or six minutes of the show. And I always like during the okay. last five or six minutes to do some shameless plugs. And I know I just, I know myself, okay. I know Steve, why don't you go ahead out there and give some plugs out for what you got coming up next. Take a minute. Um, this Friday night, I'm at the nudist resort in Lando Lakes, Caliente. Um, then next weekend, I'm at the Chase Club for Robin. Uh, we've got the big thing uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. 
at uh, Kickin' Wings in Hudson. I'm at yes. the Snappers, the 2nd and 3rd of August uh, in Palm Harbor. And I have to call that, Bob and see if he can let me guess that for you. There's man. no way I'm letting you guess that. You're lucky you're doing the one up in Hudson next month. Um, I thought you liked me, man. <laughs> so, there, so that takes us out a couple of weeks, and I'll be back. So what do you got coming up? Um, not uh, much. I, oh, you? Okay. No, no, you go first because I got the least coming up. The greatest thing that happened this week is you called oh. me. So you go. For, you got you're much oh, more important than I, Fat Davey. Sweet. I am uh, next weekend. I'm at Deja Vu in uh, Columbia, Missouri, and then the following week I am in Appleton, Wisconsin, at Skyline Cafe. And uh, let's see, they can just add me on Twitter at April Macy M A C I E. I'm on. I got a Twitter account just because I wanted to see your tweets. I've never looked at it other than you. <laughs> I, I actually I hope you're uh, enjoying them. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I am a follower on your Twitter. I don't think you're following me back yet, but I'll probably tweet you over the show. So hopefully you can share it with all your oh, fans. I'll follow you back. Follow me back. <laughs> I will. I will definitely follow you back. Yeah, it's it's just a let's be frank show. But I'll send you over. You know this fabulous interview. I will not cut out any of the drop calls or anything because. <laughs> Unlike most, you know, this is actually a live radio show, so I know a lot of people who put their stuff up as podcasts, you know, they tighten it up and they get out yeah. all the gaps, and I say, fuck that. If I, if people had to hear it live, I could should put it up there and just let them hear it as raw as it really was. I don't filter anything, and I'm not smart enough to do it. Cool. <laughs> I rely on other people cool. like Gwiggy. Well, thanks, you and he, I'm going to just promote the one thing that I really do have coming up aside, you know, I'll be doing some open mics and stuff, but next week is going to be, uh, Lisa Landry calling in. Uh, have you ever met Lisa out out in the road anywhere? Are you familiar with her? Yeah. We met in New York. She's very, very sweet lady. Mm -hmm. She was actually supposed to call in a couple of weeks ago, but we got the timing off and so we rescheduled, but I'm really excited. You know, I've just been blessed with always getting great phone calls and good guests. We do got to work on better phone signals. I'm going to call up all the, all everybody in the world. I'm going to call Verizon. I'm going to call AT and T, and tell them you're fucking up my shows. I'm going to get Metro on the phone. I'm going to demand to speak to all the presidents. That's it. I'm somebody. Just call Verizon. Let them know. <laughs> <laughs> I will do that. What is that? What's that number? One eight hundred Verizon. We will call them right up. Uh, so listen, we are going to wrap up the show. I really appreciate you taking some time with us tonight. Uh, please feel free if you're ever you know, bored on a Monday night and you just want to call in and say, hey, Fat Davey, what are you doing? I want to harass you on your show. You should do that. That would be great. I like to be harassed by beautiful cool. women. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for hanging out with us. Steve. Hey, thanks no for having problem. me. No problem. I was going to say fuck you because you were mean to me tonight. <laughs> You mean bastard. I even bought you a beer and you were mean to me. He was mean. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Stacy, we'll speak to you Aww, soon. Thanks. April. Have how a good one, guys. How did I just say Stacy? What a I thought you were I thought you were talking to them out there to, to cue your music. There you go. Cue my music before I fuck this up anymore. Everybody, thank you for calling in. Thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. Thanks for listening in to the Let's Be Frank show on ComedySlamRadio.com. If you missed this show or would like to catch up on past shows, visit us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes, 
at Let's Be Franks Podcast. And have a great night. We'll see you next week. What was that? I'll tell you what that was. That was another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com, where we put the dot com in 